Part Twenty Eight of Gray's Anatomy, Part Four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Morgan Scorpion. Anatomy of the Human Body, Part Four by Henry Gray. Five E. The Trigeminal Nerve. Nervous trigeminus, fifth or trifacial nerve. The trigeminal nerve is the largest cranial nerve and is the great sensory nerve of the head and face and the motor nerve of the muscles of mastication. It emerges from the side of the pons near its upper border by a small motor and a large sensory root, the former being situated in front of and medial to the latter. Motor root. The fibers of the motor root arise from two nuclei, a superior and an inferior. The superior nucleus consists of a strand of cells occupying the whole length of the lateral portion of the grey substance of the cerebral aqueduct. The inferior or chief nucleus is situated in the upper part of the pons, close to its dorsal surface, and along the line of the lateral margin of the rhomboid fossa. The fibres from the superior nucleus constitute the mesencephalic root. They descend through the midbrain and, entering the pons, join with the fibres from the lower nucleus and the motor root thus formed, passes forward through the pons to its point of emergence. It is uncertain whether the mesencephalic root is motor or sensory. Sensory root. The fibres of the sensory root arise from the cells of the semilunar ganglion, which lies in a cavity of the dura mater near the apex of the petrous part of the temporal bone. They pass backward below the superior petrosal sinus and tentorium cerebelli, and, entering the pons, divide into upper and lower roots. The upper root ends partly in a nucleus which is situated in the pons lateral to the lower motor nucleus, and partly in the locus caroleus. The lower root descends through the pons and medulla oblongata, and ends in the upper part of the substantia gelatinosa of Rolando. This lower root is sometimes named the spinal root of the nerve. Medullation of the fibres of the sensory root begins about the fifth month of fetal life, but the whole of its fibres are not medullated until the third month after birth. The semilunar ganglion, ganglion semilunare, gasseri, gasserian ganglion, occupies a cavity, cavum mechelii, in the dura mater covering the trigeminal impression near the apex of the petrous part of the temporal bone. It is somewhat crescentic in shape, with its convexity directed forward. Medially it is in relation with the internal carotid artery and the posterior part of the cavernous sinus. The motor root runs in front and medial to the sensory root, and passes beneath the ganglion. It leaves the skull through the foramen ovale, and, immediately below this foramen, joins the mandibular nerve. The greater superficial petrosal nerve lies also underneath the ganglion. The ganglion receives, on its medial side, filaments from the carotid plexus of the sympathetic. It gives off minute branches to the tentorium cerebelli, and to the dura mater in the middle fossa of the cranium. From its convex border, which is directed forward and lateralward, three large nerves proceed, viz. the ophthalmic, maxillary, and mandibular. The ophthalmic and maxillary consist exclusively of sensory fibres. The mandibular is joined outside the cranium by the motor root. Associated with the three divisions of the trigeminal nerve are four small ganglia. The ciliary ganglion is connected with the ophthalmic nerve, the sphenopalatine ganglion with the maxillary nerve, and the otic and submaxillary ganglia with the mandibular nerve. 
all four receive sensory filaments from the trigeminal and motor and sympathetic filaments from various sources these filaments are called the roots of the ganglia the ophthalmic nerve nervus ophthalmicus or first division of the trigeminal is a sensory nerve it supplies branches to the cornea ciliary body and iris to the lacrimal gland and conjunctiva to the part of the mucous membrane of the nasal cavity and to the skin of the eyelids eyebrow forehead and nose it is the smallest of the three divisions of the trigeminal and arises from the upper part of the semilunar ganglion as a short flattened band about two point five centimetres long which passes forward along the lateral wall of the cavernous sinus below the ocular motor and trochlear nerves just before entering the orbit through the superior orbital fissure it divides into three branches lacrimal frontal and nasociliary the ophthalmic nerve is joined by filaments from the cavernous plexus of the sympathetic and communicates with the ocular motor trochlear and abducent nerves it gives off a recurrent filament which passes between the layers of the tentorium the lacrimal nerve nervus lacrimalis is the smallest of the three branches of the ophthalmic it sometimes receives a filament from the trochlear nerve but this is possibly derived from the branch which goes from the ophthalmic to the trochlear nerve it passes forward in a separate tube of dura mater and enters the orbit through the narrowest part of the superior orbital fissure in the orbit it runs along the upper border of the rectus lateralis with the lacrimal artery and communicates with the zygomatic branch of the maxillary nerve it enters the lacrimal gland and gives off several filaments which supply the gland and the conjunctiva finally it pierces the orbital septum and ends in the skin of the upper eyelid joining with filaments of the facial nerve the lacrimal nerve is occasionally absent and its place is then taken by the zygomaticotemporal branch of the maxillary sometimes the latter branch is absent and a continuation of the lacrimal is substituted for it the frontal nerve nervus frontalis is the largest branch of the ophthalmic and may be regarded both from its size and direction as the continuation of the nerve it enters the orbit through the superior orbital fissure and runs forward between the levator palpebrae superioris and the periosteum midway between the apex and base of the orbit it divides into two branches supratrochlear and supraorbital the supratrochlear nerve nervus supratrochlearis is the smaller of the two passes above the pulley of the obliquus superior and gives off a descending filament to join the infratrochlear branch of the nasociliary nerve it then escapes from the orbit between the pulley of the obliquus superior and the supraorbital foramen curves up onto the forehead close to the bone ascends beneath the corrugator and frontalis and dividing into branches which pierce these muscles it supplies the skin of the lower part of the forehead close to the middle line and sends filaments to the conjunctiva and skin of the upper eyelid the supraorbital nerve nervus supraorbitalis passes through the supraorbital foramen and gives off in this situation palpebral filaments to the upper eyelid it then ascends upon the forehead and ends in two branches a medial and a lateral which supply the integument of the scalp reaching nearly as far back as the lambdoidal suture they are at first situated beneath the frontalis the medial branch perforating the muscle the lateral branch the gallia aponeurotica both branches supply small twigs to the pericranium the nasociliary nerve nervus nasociliaris nasal nerve 
is intermediate in size between the frontal and lacrimal, and is more deeply placed. It enters the orbit between the two heads of the rectus lateralis, and between the superior and inferior rami of the oculomotor nerve. It passes across the optic nerve and runs obliquely beneath the rectus superior and obliquus superior to the medial wall of the orbital cavity. Here it passes through the anterior ethmoidal foramen and, entering the cavity of the cranium, traverses a shallow groove on the lateral margin of the front part of the cribriform plate of the ethmoid bone and runs down, through a slit at the side of the crista galli, into the nasal cavity. It supplies internal nasal branches to the mucous membrane of the front part of the septum and lateral wall of the nasal cavity. Finally, it emerges, as the external nasal branch, between the lower border of the nasal bone and the lateral nasal cartilage and, passing down beneath the nasalis muscle, supplies the skin of the ala and apex of the nose. The nasal ciliary nerve gives off the following branches, viz. the long root of the ciliary ganglion, the long ciliary and the ethmoidal nerves. The long root of the ciliary ganglion, radix longa ganglii ciliaris, usually arises from the nasociliary between the two heads of the rectus lateralis. It passes forward on the lateral side of the optic nerve and enters the posterosuperior angle of the ciliary ganglion. It is sometimes joined by a filament from the cavernous plexus of the sympathetic or from the superior ramus of the trochlear nerve. The long ciliary nerves Nervus ciliaris longi, two or three in number, are given off from the nasociliary as it crosses the optic nerve. They accompany the short ciliary nerves from the ciliary ganglion, pierce the posterior part of the sclera, and running forward between it and the choroid are distributed to the iris and cornea. The long ciliary nerves are supposed to contain sympathetic fibres from the superior cervical ganglion to the dilator pupillae muscle. The infratrochlear nerve, nervus infratrochlearis, is given off from the nasociliary just before it enters the anterior ethmoidal foramen. It runs forward along the upper border of the rectus medialis and is joined, near the pulley of the obliquus superior, by a filament from the supratrochlear nerve. It then passes to the medial angle of the eye and supplies the skin of the eyelids and side of the nose, the conjunctiva, lacrimal sac, and caruncula lacrimalis. The ethmoidal branches, nervus ethmoidalis, supply the ethmoidal cells. The posterior branch leaves the orbital cavity through the posterior ethmoidal foramen and gives some filaments to the sphenoidal sinus. The ciliary ganglion, ophthalmic or lenticular ganglion. The ciliary ganglion is a small sympathetic ganglion of a reddish-gray color and about the size of a pin's head. It is situated at the back part of the orbit in some loose fat between the optic nerve and the rectus lateralis muscle, lying generally on the lateral side of the ophthalmic artery. Its roots are three in number and enter its posterior border. One, the long or sensory root, is derived from the nasociliary nerve and joins its posterosuperior angle. The second, the short or motor root, is a thick nerve, occasionally divided into two parts, derived from the branch of the oculomotor nerve to the obliquus inferior, and connected with the posteroinferior angle of the ganglion. The motor root is supposed to contain sympathetic efferent fibres, preganglionic fibres, from the nucleus of the third nerve in the midbrain to the ciliary ganglion where they form synapses with neurons whose fibres, postganglionic, pass to the ciliary muscle and to the sphincter muscle of the pupil. The third, the sympathetic root, is a slender filament from the cavernous plexus of the sympathetic. It is frequently blended with the long root. 
According to Tiedemann, the ciliary ganglion receives a twig of communication from the sphenopalatine ganglion. Its branches are the short ciliary nerves. These are delicate filaments, from six to ten in number, which arise from the forepart of the ganglion in two bundles connected with its superior and inferior angles. The lower border is the larger. They run forward with the ciliary arteries in a wavy course, one set above and the other below the optic nerve, and are accompanied by the long ciliary nerves from the nasociliary. They pierce the sclera at the back part of the bulb of the eye, pass forward in delicate grooves on the inner surface of the sclera, and are distributed to the ciliaris muscle, iris, and cornea. Tiedemann has described a small branch as penetrating the optic nerve with the arteria centralis retinae. The maxillary nerve, nervus maxillaris, superior maxillary nerve, or second division of the trigeminal, is a sensory nerve. It is intermediate, both in position and size, between the ophthalmic and the mandibular. It begins at the middle of the semilunar ganglion as a flattened plexiform band, and, passing horizontally forward, it leaves the skull through the foramen rotundum, where it becomes more cylindrical in form and firmer in texture. It then crosses the pterygopalatine fossa, inclines lateralward on the back of the maxilla, and enters the orbit through the inferior orbital fissure. It traverses the infraorbital groove and canal in the floor of the orbit, and appears upon the face at the infraorbital foramen. At its termination, the nerve lies beneath the quadratus labii superioris, and divides into a leash of branches which spread out upon the side of the nose, the lower eyelid, and the upper lip, joining with filaments of the facial nerve. Branches. Its branches may be divided into four groups, according as they are given off in the cranium, in the pterygopalatine fossa, in the infraorbital canal, or on the face. In the cranium, middle meningeal. In the pterygopalatine fossa, zygomatic, sphenopalatine, posterior superior alveolar. In the infraorbital canal, anterior superior alveolar, middle superior alveolar. On the face, inferior palpebral, external nasal, superior labial. The middle meningeal nerve, nervus meningeus medius, meningeal or dual branch, is given off from the maxillary nerve directly after its origin from the semilunar ganglion. It accompanies the middle meningeal artery and supplies the dura mater. The zygomatic nerve, nervus zygomaticus, temporal malar nerve, orbital nerve, arises in the pterygopalatine fossa, enters the orbit by the inferior orbital fissure, and divides at the back of the cavity into two branches, zygomaticotemporal and zygomaticofacial. The zygomaticotemporal branch, ramus zygomaticotemporalis, temporal branch, runs along the lateral wall of the orbit in a groove in the zygomatic bone, receives a branch of communication from the lacrimal, and, passing through a foramen in the zygomatic bone, enters the temporal fossa. It ascends between the bone and the substance of the temporalis muscle, pierces the temporal fascia about 2.5 centimetres above the zygomatic arch, and is distributed to the skin on the side of the forehead, and communicates with the facial nerve and with the auriculate, ulotemporal branch of the mandibular nerve. As it pierces the temporal fascia, it gives off a slender twig, which runs between the two layers of the fascia to the lateral angle of the orbit. The zygomaticofacial branch, ramus zygomaticofacialis, 
Mela branch, passes along the infralateral angle of the orbit, emerges upon the face through a foramen in the zygomatic bone, and, perforating the orbicularis oculi, supplies the skin on the prominence of the cheek. It joins with the facial nerve and with the inferior palpable branches of the maxillary. The sphenopalatine branches, nervous sphenopalatini, two in number, descend to the sphenopalatine ganglion. The posterior superior alveolar branches, Reme alveolares superioris posteriores, posterior superior dental branches, arise from the trunk of the nerve just before it enters the infraorbital groove. They are generally two in number, but sometimes arise by a single trunk. They descend on the tuberosity of the maxilla and giving off several twigs to the gums and neighboring parts of the mucous membrane of the cheek. They then enter the posterior alveolar canals on the infratemporal surface of the maxilla, and, passing from behind forward in the substance of the bone, communicate with the middle superior alveolar nerve, and give off branches to the lining membrane of the maxillary sinus and three twigs to each molar tooth. The twigs enter the foramina at the apices of the roots of the teeth. The middle superior alveolar branch, ramus alveolaris superior medius, middle superior dental branch, is given off from the nerve in the posterior part of the infraorbital canal and runs downward and forward in a canal in the lateral wall of the maxillary sinus to supply the two premolar teeth. It forms a superior dental plexus with the anterior and posterior superior alveolar branches. The anterior superior alveolar branch, ramus alveolaris superior anteriores, anterior superior dental branch, of considerable size, is given off from the nerve just before its exit from the infraorbital foramen. It descends in a canal in the anterior wall of the maxillary sinus, and divides into branches which supply the incisor and canine teeth. It communicates with the middle superior alveolar branch, and gives off a nasal branch, which passes through a minute canal in the lateral wall of the inferior meatus, and supplies the mucous membrane of the anterior part of the inferior meatus, and the floor of the nasal cavity, communicating with the nasal branches from the sphenopalatine ganglion. The inferior palpebral branches, Rami palpebralis inferioris, palpebral branches, ascend behind the orbicularis oculi. They supply the skin and conjunctiva of the lower eyelid, joining at the lateral angle of the orbit with the facial and zygomaticofacial nerves. The external nasal branches, Rami nasalis externi, supply the skin of the side of the nose and of the septum mobili nisi, and join with the terminal twigs of the nasociliary nerve. The superior labial branches, Rami labialis superiores, labial branches, the largest and most numerous, descend behind the quadratus labii superioris, and are distributed to the skin of the upper lip, the mucous membrane of the mouth, and labial glands. They are joined immediately beneath the orbit by filaments from the facial nerve, forming with them the infraorbital plexus. Sphenopalatine ganglion, ganglion of Meckel. The sphenopalatine ganglion, the largest of the sympathetic ganglia associated with the branches of the trigeminal nerve is deeply placed in the pterygopalatine fossa close to the sphenopalatine foramen. It is triangular or heart-shaped of a reddish-gray color and is situated just below the maxillary nerve as it crosses the fossa. It receives a sensory, a motor, and a sympathetic root. Its sensory root is derived from two sphenopalatine branches of the maxillary nerve, their fibers, for the most part, pass directly into the palatine nerves. 
A few, however, enter the ganglion constituting its sensory route. Its motor route is probably derived from the nervous intermedius through the greater superficial petrosal nerve and is supposed to consist in part of the sympathetic efferent preganglionic fibres from the medulla. In the sphenopalatine ganglion, the form synapses with neurons whose postganglionic axons, vasodilator and secretory fibres, are distributed with the deep branches of the trigeminal to the mucous membrane of the nose, soft palate, tonsils, uvula, roof of the mouth, upper lip and gums, and to the upper part of the pharynx. Its sympathetic root is derived from the carotid plexus through the deep petrosal nerve. The two nerves join to form the nerve of the pterygoid canal before their entrance into the ganglion. The greater superficial petrosal nerve, nervus petrosus superficialis major, large superficial petrosal nerve, is given off from the genicular ganglion of the facial nerve. It passes through the hiatus of the facial canal, enters the cranial cavity, and runs forward beneath the dura mater in the groove on the anterior surface of the petrous portion of the temporal bone. It then enters the cartilaginous substance which fills the foramen lacerum and joining with the deep petrosal branch forms the nerve of the pterygoid canal. The deep petrosal nerve, nervus petrosus profundus, large deep petrosal nerve, is given off from the carotid plexus and runs through the carotid canal lateral to the internal carotid artery, then enters the cartilaginous substance which fills the foramen lacerum and joins with the great superficial petrosal nerve to form the nerve of the pterygoid canal. The nerve of the pterygoid canal, nervus canalis pterygoidei, vidii, vidian nerve, formed by the junction of the two preceding nerves in the cartilaginous substance which fills the foramen lacerum, passes forward through the pterygoid canal with the corresponding artery and is joined by a small ascending sphenoidal branch from the otic ganglion. Finally, it enters the pterygopalatine fossa and joins the posterior angle of the sphenopalatine ganglion. End of part 28